My name is Elizabeth Lewis, and I'm the owner and CEO of Detroit Mom. As a teen mom, I know firsthand the feeling of isolation and the fears that come at different stages of motherhood. I spent half the time wondering where to find community and the other half dreaming of a way to create that community for myself and the women around me. No mother should experience change and challenges alone. I created this community and podcast to make sure women in my community are never alone. Welcome to the Unfiltered Mom Podcast. The intention of this podcast is to make sure you have a voice and your story is being heard. We are getting comfortable with the uncomfortable today. And once again, we are so fortunate to have Crystal with us. We're really excited about that. As always, Erica and Tumkeen and Kanisha, we're here too. Today we're planning on talking about Ramadan because it is the month of this April. And so we're gonna do some learning. We're gonna do some discussing, but talking about what is Ramadan? How is it celebrated? Who celebrates it? But also like, how does that affect all of us more broadly in our communities and some of the uncomfortable stuff that folks may not have thought about or may have thought a lot about in some cases. So I guess first, so we don't always want to like make one person the sole educator of things. But in our discussion previously, we talked about that Tom Keen would educate us some on what Ramadan is, just to kind of give some framework for the conversation. So, oh, and the reason I'm saying this is because Elizabeth had some, again, technical difficulties. So that's why she's not here, but she will be soon. So Tom Keen, do you want to give us a little bit of background? Sure. Hi, everyone. So it is the month of Ramadan for us Muslims, and it's celebrated around the world. And particularly in our community, if you even head down to Dearborn or communities that have a lot of uh, mosques and Muslim population, Hamtramck, you'll see that there's just a little bit of a different hustle bustle going on in our community. One of the most notable things is that a lot of restaurants and a lot of stores tend to open later on in the day and stay open later on. And that is because when we, in the month of Ramadan, from the time that the sun arises or before the sunrise and until the sunset, we fast. And it is a fast of not only food and drink, but also any type of like, any type of desires or anything like that, that we try to refrain from. And, and the, the purpose behind fasting, though it has a lot of like side things that are also beneficial, but the ultimate purpose is that in the Quran, which is the holy book for Muslims, God, who we, who we call Allah, has ordained Muslims um, to fast, um, a mandatory fast for adults and for those who are able to health-wise and in the condition that they can to fast. And that is because to gain piety and to gain the nearness to, to God. And so fasting is actually one of the pillars of Islam. So Islam is founded on five pillars. And one is the first is the belief. The second is the prayer, which we pray five times a day. Uh, third is fasting during the month of Ramadan. Fourth is giving charity, which we call zakat. And fifth is going on pilgrimage at least once in a year called um, hajj. And so this is a, a, a compulsory, a mandatory act that we Muslims partake in. And really the month of Ramadan is like this, a spiritual experience for us. We kind of just shift in our mindset and the way our home is run, the way our schedules are run to, to just, you know, it, it's weird because we're going through the everyday things. So our kids go to school, you know, my husband's at work, like we're all partaking in those daily things that we always do. But there's just a different air about it for us. There's a different timing. There's a different schedule. We're scheduling naps in the afternoon. We're scheduling what we're going to eat before dawn, what we're going to be, you know, what we'll eat when we open our fast and when we go for prayer um, in the night. And so like one of the things that happens is that 
with those five times daily prayer, the last prayer that we have in the night, then after that, we have these prayers, long prayers that run about an hour, an hour and a half at the mosque. And so by the time I, like my family comes, I usually don't go since I have little ones and then they're just not like going to let me pray. But, but when we can go, we go to the mosque and we'll be there till like 11, 1130. And it's just, the, the nights are live with, with liveliness in the mosques and the homes. And in the, in the daytime, we're kind of like a little groggy, a little bit sleepy. But we're trying to be patient and observing those fasts. And our children tried to partake in it. So like my daughter yesterday, she tried her practice fast. She's eight years old. So she fasted from like 1230. So she had lunch and then she didn't eat anything until about eight o'clock. Five minutes before we were supposed to open our fast, she saw the samosas and she saw the food and she's like, can I just open it now? I'm like, sure. As long as, you know, whatever you're comfortable with. So she's like, just a nibble. And I'm like, okay. So she did, nibbled a little bit on a date and a little bit on a samosa, you know, had a little sips of you know, the milk and then she was like, okay. So she was happy with that. <laughs> Can I just say I how much I love that, like even the the facets, the, the things that are supposed to be done, like that Ramadan is not immune to mom life. All I'm hearing right. is like, right. still real life with real kids. Right, right. So I've been up now today since 5.30. I was no five o'clock actually. So I, I got up, I got the whole kid, everyone ready and got everyone up. We had our food and then they went to nap a little bit. My high schoolers before they went to high school, they actually didn't really sleep that much either. And then they went to high school and then my, my, uh, my elementary school daughter. So the one who I was talking about, she's in second grade. So she was going to be up from seven thirty eight o'clock to get ready for school. So I was up getting her ready. And so that didn't end for me. <laughs> so Everyone else got, I'm like, okay, when you guys come back to school, like, oh, yeah, we're going to nap. I'm like, okay, so what am I going to do with my baby? So I got to keep him quiet. So so, so we, we kind of have that schedule going on, but it comes and, and I guess the whole month is a month of patience. So for me, it all um, boils down to that as well in that, in that act of, of, right, of piety or in that act of being faithful to your, to your religion is that you serve it with, with happiness and patience knowing that that is the ultimate purpose behind doing any act anyways. Tamkeen, are you comfortable if I just throw in the comments that if anybody, like if people have a question, could I invite that? Okay. Absolutely. And I'm going off and on of mute because um, mom life, right? The kids are home. Right, right. Right. (laughs) So I'm just thinking like I have, I messaged you yesterday. I was like, I have so many questions, right? Right, right. Like Erica and I were already talking about how grateful we are to like, and, and Crystal too in the chat about how grateful we are to be in this space for you to be able to share with us. Like we don't expect you, Tom Keen, to be the our teacher of all things, you know, on Ramadan. We should be doing some of our own research and, and things like that because it shouldn't all be on you, but we are thankful that you allowed us to be in this space today to be able to ask questions. And yeah. one of the questions I was thinking about was like, for your children, because you said your young daughter is just starting, she's doing like, you know, your practice fast, but like what age do the kids like start to do like that full fast and it'd probably be hard at school seeing other kids eat lunch and right 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 stuff right yes that's that's always a challenge so Mm -hmm. we've kind of always left it on the kids to kind of decide when they're ready some of them have been ready earlier because you know they were just closer in age with their older sibling so they were like you know we can do it and so they did that and then there's some kids we know that for them fasting is like between lunch and snack is like a fast and they you know and even then they're kind of like you know 
getting all you know uptight about it and stuff. So what we do is we go according to child and we go according to how much interest and how much they want to do it. So my eight-year-old really, really wants to fast this year the full day. So she's trying to convince her dad. That's why she did that half day yesterday. Um, so she's you know, even at the end of it, she was like, do you think I'll be able to do it next weekend, the full days? Because we've already said not on school day. So we usually have discouraged kids from, from fasting during the school day. But like my 12-year-old, though it's not obligation on him, but he fasted all of Ramadan last year and he's intending to do it this year too. So we kind of sit with the kids before Ramadan begins and we ask goals from everyone. So the one suits obligation. So one, basically once you, you hit puberty and, and later into adult life, now every, the things that are the tenets of Islam, they become mandatory on you. So like my high schoolers, it's mandatory fast for them. So they all do. But the little ones who haven't yet, they kind of, we leave it on them. So they have goals. So some, when, a lot of them will say, I want to fast as much as possible. The ones who haven't come to that mandatory age yet. So that's what they do. What we do have is like my, my uh, middle school um, son today just told me, he said, what should I do at lunchtime? Because the food doesn't bother me, you know, everyone's eating around it and stuff. And so I'm like, okay, so what would you like to do? So he said, well, I can, I can, I guess if not, the food doesn't bother me, I'll sit within the cafeteria. But if it does, I'll just go to the library. And that's been the case. So the schools have a lot of times, um, if someone hasn't asked, then they, the parent will ask and say, can my child go to the library during lunchtime? And they'll have like, you know, some quiet time to catch up on their homework or just kind of like just chill out there if they wanted to. But it is a challenge, I guess, for some places where there isn't that much of a strong Muslim population at school or it hasn't been done before for for those times. So I remember a couple of years, not a couple, a few years ago, because the Ramadan um, calendar changes by 10 days every year. So what maybe some people don't know is the Muslims follow a lunar calendar. And we at the beginning of our, our month begins by the sighting of the moon. And then, so we follow that. And when the moon sighting is gone and the new moon begins and the new month begins. So Ramadan is the ninth month in the lunar calendar for us. And in that calendar, that it shifts by 10 days approximately every year. So a few years back when my son, uh, one of my sons was in fifth grade and he had his after school party and he had like a whole graduation thing and we left it on him. And he said, no, I want to fast because I really had a goal. Like I said, we asked the kids our goals. Yeah, I said, I had a goal for fasting like, 15 days or 20 days that month. And he said he would have to fast on some of those days. So he missed it. So he, I remember I went to volunteer for his uh, fifth grade uh, class party and he sat in the corner and he was like, he was like, I'm just saving all the candies that everyone's getting because I'm going to eat them all when I open my fast at home. So, you know, we <laughs> kind of accustomed to that, but, but they like it. And we kind of like that fact that they have this inkling, this, this, this feeling to be into it. Like with the rest of us, we want to pray to mom. We want to fast too. We want to get up in the middle of the night. I'm like, no, mom's not cooking breakfast for you because you're getting up again at 10 and you're going to have breakfast again. So it's already hard enough feeding all of these guys. So that's making me think of kind of like a myth busting thing because, you know, people who are, I'm going to say ignorant or rude, a lot of times like stereotype Islam is like people being forced to do this in conversations about the hijab. I listen to how like inviting and just like, when you're ready, when you want to. Right, right, absolutely. You know, then that's so beautiful and fun and to hear how the kids like can't wait to participate. Yes, really. And they want to share with their friends at school and they want to tell everyone that was my first fast. I mean, it's like a milestone for them. Their first, And I've had people as a child, now I grew up in Canada, so I kind of know what, what we faced. And they'd be like, um, I remember a teacher in high school. I was getting very um, tired. I was just out of it a little bit. And he's like, he said, uh, oh, what, you know, what's wrong with you? You look like you're sick today. And I said, well, I'm fasting. 
And he said, why don't you have a drink of water? And I said to him, because this is a, like he was a doctor. So he like he had it like he was a pretty learned man, you know, and he, I was in close. I was my senior year, I think, in high school. And I said, well, you know, we can't drink water. And he's like, well, I won't tell your God. So why don't you go drink some water and stuff? So, you know, things of that sort, that type of language. So even my children, they'll be like, oh, why are you doing that to her? And I'm like, no, no, she wants to. The tiring, the, the, they want to, even if they're tired. I remember with all my children, it comes to like five o'clock and they're like, you know, you know that they're kind of getting a little bit frustrated now. The activities aren't working. They're coloring the cartoon. Nothing's working. So I was like, okay, do you want to open your fast? I'm like, no, mom, we can't open our fast. We have to wait for the sunset or we have to wait for Maghrib with Maghrib as a prayer at that sunset. Well, you know, let's wait for Maghrib and, and then we'll open our fast. I'm like, okay, so they, they have that in them. But, but the mindset is, is that anything that people don't understand, they think it's something that's, that's, that's forceful and that's pushed on kids. And, you know, my daughter's pushed to where we're pushing our kids to stay fasting and they don't understand this is, they're emulating what they have grown into, and they are embodying a heritage, a culture, a belief that they have born into, or they that they believe strongly with their parents. It's, so, it's funny how people having food habits like their parents, so like eating organic food or not eating too much sugar or eating a lot of sugar can be embodied, but someone partaking or not partaking in food is something that's a no-no because it doesn't match the Western philosophy of what you should be like. Society says as appropriate, right? Right. Mm -hmm. As my kids eating a donut right next to me, um, <laughs> and I talked a little bit because you mentioned your your kids at school or when you were in school. I'm on maternity leave right now, but a couple of weeks ago, I saw on my favorite Instagram account this like four folks that work in schools, like how you can support your students that are observing Ramadan, and it was like a whole two-page list of tips and things to create a space at school for those kids that are fasting. And I was, I, and I shared that with all my colleagues and my administrators, even though I'm not there in the hopes that they will do something with that. I sent it in sometime in March to try and be more supportive because I know that's something that we haven't done previously and there's no time like the present to start now. You know, like classroom parties, you know, that where they're handing out snacks and things so that can put kids in a, in a difficult spot, knowing that folks might be tired and, you know, have different energy level. Um, right. Thinking about alternatives for testing, providing spaces to pray was on that list. Mm -hmm. uh, instead of like, so in phys ed class, allowing kids to walk instead of running since they can't have water and just tons and tons of things that you right. would very much not think about. Okay. Yes, and it comes from the intention of wanting to in be inclusive of, of, of a group of people, right? We have been in circles where we know that there is an effort to not be, to not be um, respectful of that, to almost be like, you're doing it, your problem. It's between you and your God type of a, of a air about it, right? Even at a, at a young kid's age, if uh, I remember a teacher once, I said, oh no, my daughter wants to share a book. She said, we don't, uh, we don't talk about religion in our classrooms. And I thought, funny, you did just a couple months ago, right? And so kids just want to be seen. And they love when, when, they're, when they're given um, an authentic voice, is, is speaks on their behalf, and they see themselves in pictures and books, and, and when their teacher reads aloud, and the principal sends a shout out, and the kids just come alive. And to say to a child that, no, um, your book is not welcome in our classroom, is, is basically, for lack of a better word, it's like a slap in the face of saying that I don't want to see you for your individuality, I want to see you as long as you fit into my square peg. Mm -hmm. And I'm feeling too like 
you know, so many of the school, I'm going to call it out, not just schools, but businesses and all these right. workplaces that are saying that they want to be inclusive, but then are like picking and choosing what they want to be inclusive about. Like, right. let's do everything Black Lives Matter, but I'm not going to say anything about Ramadan or I'm not going to say anything about Diwali or any other like aspect of life that is going on outside of what I want to say I'm being inclusive about. So, I mean, I have definitely seen changes. I think I mentioned like our school, they do. I, I mentioned in the chat yesterday, you know, our school, we don't do any holidays. It's just today for Valentine's Day, it was like wear red day or St. Patrick's Day. I think that was a good explanation you had said yesterday too in our conversation is we just did like a green day. Like, so, so we're not leaving anyone out, but we're trying to be more inclusive about the children that go to our school. I do right. wonder what our school's doing because I know that we do ha definitely have some Muslim kids that go to our school because they live across the street from me. So I know. Right, right, um, right. So I wonder how that's handled. Um, hmm. And you know, and it's 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 funny because in in Muslim mom circles, a lot of women who have come from other countries who um, come here as immigrated here and stuff like that, but their children are American-born children, and so they'll be like, I don't want to like they they come from the notion that if they speak up, that it's somehow being disrespectful to the schools or it's like it's going to cause something. And I've so many times now have advocated moms to say, speak up when you see something that is looking and feeling like ignorance or disrespectful, or, you know, they just are not creating that sensitivity there for, for the difference, speak up. Because once someone speaks up, then the second time around, they'll understand that, you know what, this is a, this is a whole thing like that we have to address. But when it, so my, my, I would implore anyone who feels like their culture or their religion or their faith is, is not being respected or their child's space in that, in that classroom is not being respected, that they, they voice it. Because it, it takes one person to just say, hey, that was not cool. Or are you saying that was offensive? Or, you know, I didn't feel that uh, inclusivity in your classroom will make all the difference for maybe your child right away or for someone else who will come along the way and say, hey, you know, they do have a voice and they're willing to use it. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious. So I know that when I, I could talk about like how things are handled in schools all day long, because it's, that's my my passion project and I kind of advocate for acknowledge and celebrate not there's no way you can cover all because as many cultures as there are in the world you can't hit everybody but a lot of celebrations and reservances or none we're not doing Christmas but not Ramadan we're not doing Halloween but not Diwali like we gotta if you're gonna do it do it and I, I got a ton of pushback um this year in my school, when I just asked people to think about if they were doing in Chris Christmas in the classroom and how that might not be inclusive of everybody. And I mm -hmm. got a lot back on that. And I think it's that one thing I just commented back to Liz was mm -hmm. how we've always done it. Like we've always done Christmas. It's so fun. Like the kids always do Santa, they love it. So why would we not like just think differently that you know how we do things is not, that's not a good enough reason if you're gonna do that and include them, who else are we including? And if you make a choice not to, what is that communicating that says something? Right, right. And I think that, yeah, I think it's a matter of who, what you, not only what is it that you take out, but also what you bring in and, and, oh. I know, baby. <laughs> Our visitor, he's, he's hungry. 
Molly. I, I don't know what I was saying anymore. Oh. <laughs> that baby stole the show. I'm like, oh. you're distracted. Elizabeth's asking how we change this. How do we, like, how we change that it's affecting our kids that, you know, we've always done it this way. Like, how do we change this? How do we, you know, you were talking about, um, you know, that we have to speak up and not stay quiet about it. And I think school calendars, there was a time right, our schools used to release these calendars and you don't know everything's on digital. So it's like, you know, you just make your own copy if you want to print out. But there was a time we used to get these printed out um, calendars and they would have the holidays written on them. So that's how we would know that like Diwali is on a day or um, Yom Kippur is on some day or so whatever that I didn't celebrate or I did celebrate was on that calendar. And I remember when that, when we shift to the page, my kids would be like, oh, Ramadan's on here or Eid is here. And Eid is the holiday that at the end of Ramadan, we have, an, we have a holiday called Eid. So they'd be so excited because they'd see that. Or when, so things of that, I think really. And then I say that, you know, enrich your school home libraries and school libraries with books to cover that. I went to, I was telling you guys that I went to the um, local library here. And I, so I noticed that they had a lot of stuff on like Easter and spring and different things that were coming up. And I asked and I said, uh, do you have a Ramadan shelf as well? And they said, we actually did, but we ran out of all our books. They just, they're gone. They just flew right off. And so I was like, oh, that's, that's amazing. So she mm -hmm. said, we have a wait list. If you want to put your name down, as soon as something comes in, you know, we'll let you know type thing. So that was amazing. But there's also so many Muslim authors out there who are not mainstream, who are showing different voices for Ramadan, whether they're covering um, the perspective of a child or a refugee child, or they're covering the perspective of, of, of someone who's in a classroom. I know my daughter's favorite is Leila's Lunchbox by Reem Farooqi, and she covers just about how, you know, her experience in the lunchroom. So all these different voices that are coming out. I actually happen to have a few books here too that I'll share with you guys. And if you want to look, you'll find a way to incorporate it. That's my philosophy. If you want to include, there is a whole market. I mean, Ramadan is huge. It's huge. I mean, we get overwhelmed with it. But there's so many things out there from decorations to, to crafts, to activities, books, magazines, read alouds. You know, there's everywhere we look and turn to. And like the same Instagram exists for you and me. But my page is like covered with stuff to do with kids and how to have, I think there was an author who was saying that how she was asked to make um, baskets in the library from her, from her local school. So she's a mom too. And so she kept to make at the school library what kids can do during lunch hour, lunch hour who are fasting. And so she made this huge basket with all these different crafts and activities and coloring and books and all these things that could, you know, that was Ramadan related. So it's definitely, you just, the first thing is to desire and to want that inclusivity in your environment of wherever you're talking about, whether that be work or school or home. The other thing I was going to say is that notice where people intentionally do not incorporate Ramadan in your, in your places. So we were driving past Farhat Suites on Dequinder, amazing place, and they had a Ramadan Kareem. So people say either Ramadan Mubarak or Ramadan Kareem. So they had a, a big sign on their board and said Ramadan Kareem. And I'm not sure if they're Muslim owners. I, I think they are, but I'm not sure. But there was a time, and I told my husband, I said, do you remember a time when you could not even say or acknowledge Ramadan or anything that was Muslim related in this country? And no one wanted to put, put public posters out. No one wanted to put flyers out. I mean, you went to Dearborn and you saw it there, but you didn't see it anywhere else where it wasn't Muslim mainstream. And so Meyer will have a flyer. And the front page is covering all the stuff that Muslims use, right? So it'll have the, the cheese and the yogurt, it'll have the breads and it'll have the, you know, whatever you would kind of, you would think Middle Eastern-ish, you know, food. But they would not write Ramadan sale. 
and that is with many other mainstream stores. Now, when you go to Toronto, you'll have like their, their main grocery stores, they'll have like a Ramadan, because this is the place, like this is like our Christmas season for us. So anyone that's there, they would have the flyer would say, a Ramadan sale or a Ramadan to um, Mubarak to all the people to all our you know, happy Ramadan, whatever you want to call it, they would acknowledge it, then they have the sale for it. Now this is like the Ramadan sale without saying the Ramadan because you just didn't want to associate the store name with the Muslim faith because then you're a Muslim supporter and then it could, and then it gets icky. So and, and we know this as Muslims where we're not wanting to be acknowledged, even though we shop there, we spend our money there and all of that. And where we're kind of like, you know, where where it's inclusive of it, and they'll say it and they'll mention it. I mean, I mean, we even have the Prime Minister of Canada who's, who sends out a Ramadan Mubarak message, um, and it goes goes super fast everywhere. We have a sharing and stuff like that. And I'm Canadian, so I get really happy about that. Yeah. But there was a time when 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 we had a previous presidency. I don't know. I haven't seen one about from this one yet, where it was not even acknowledged. Even the Ramadan dinner that was held at the White House was canceled. So things of that sort of things, you know, it it, it just you see it all the way up. And when you're supposed to be inclusive and when you're not, I guess it comes from up and then it comes all the way down. I'm curious too, within Metro Detroit, like if how that's different, I would wonder if like in Dearborn, it's very publicized and open and inclusive. And then the further out you get, if you just start to see it fade off, when really we have, there are Muslim people in every community Mm -hmm. and Muslim students in every school and that we can't just keep assigning Muslim related things to Dearborn. Right. Absolutely. Because you know what? I'm not Middle Eastern and I don't eat Middle Eastern food. And so, you know, shocker, not every Middle Eastern is a Muslim and not every Muslim is Middle Eastern. So yeah, right, right here. Right. So I come from a South Asian background, but I have a friend who's African-American converted Muslim. Mm -hmm. Um, We call her revert. And so she's you know, her experience is completely different, you know, and then we have some people who are Asians who are Muslim. There is, there's a huge Latino Muslim population. So, you know, what you don't know, you don't know, right? And so it's just, it's realizing and recognizing that religion no longer contains to only a certain type of people in a certain country, in a certain place. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that, that the, 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 the imperfections of those people who follow it bleeds into everyone's lives of, of what of what it entails. So what, what the media was praying, portraying Muslims to be in movies and in news and all that stuff, people believed that to be the fact. Anything else, now I'm having to prove it that it's not a fact. Mm-hmm. And I think some of us are kind of really, really tired um, of forever trying to break the myth, trying to say that, it, no, that's not true because people have envisioned what Muslims are and what our homes look like and what, what our experience is like and made that to be the fact when that was just all rhetoric that was just pushed down our throats. You know, I feel like the more I learn about Islam and the more I learn about Ramadan, like even as a Christian person for whom that like is a very important facet of my life and a, like a daily something that's important to me, I feel like I get so excited by some of the things I learned about Ramadan, like that commitment to praying five times a day. Like I think about a world like, oh my gosh, if my Christian friends and I were committed to praying five times a day, what a like different, beautiful, wonderful life it would be. And like coming together every night at, at, you know, like to share a meal and celebrate together. That's so beautiful and so exciting. Like to think of all the 
the negatives that are attributed to something. Right. There's, it's so cool. And well, I, other people are just afraid of what they don't know, right? The reason, and thank you for sharing that. The reason why you're, you're, what you've expressed is because also that is that you're willing to to listen, right? And you're and and you've kept an open mind about it. What you think to be a fact, if you believe that, and you're hardcore about it, you're not even making the room for growth. Now, if I like, let me say, for example, I'm talking all this, and I live in a city right now that is that has been in the news because it just will not cooperate in allowing us to open a mosque in our city. And we're, you know, we're Metro Detroit area too, so we don't have mm -hmm. one mosque. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, the, so the federal judge ruled that the city, whatever the, what the city was going through in, in stopping that mosque and being established, that that should not happen because they were being very um, strict with their bylines and with their rules and with all the regulations that they had in place to stop it. And so then when the mayor announced that they were, they were looking into appealing the decision, I wrote a whole blurb, which I got from later on from that page. All I wrote was, in a very respectful way, dear respected you know, mayor, I humbly request you, like this, these are the words I used, right? Because I, God forbid, I become a pushy Muslim or I show any type of violence tendencies or in my language. So I'm very careful in what I say publicly. But, but they blocked me. And what I've said was that my sons live in the city, born and raised, and they do not have one place of worship in within our city. We have to go to Rochester Hills or we have to go to Sterling Heights for that. But we don't have one in our, in our own city that I implore you to allow my children to have a place of worship in their in, in this place in this in the city of theirs and so that's how sad that's a fight we're still fighting we're still you know we're still fighting that fight we're still we hoping and praying that we have a place of worship too that we can go to that really surprises me because even down river there's a i think there's a mosque but i know if, like there's another center like another worship center and like if down river can get it usually your city has something long before down river would get it <laughs> right right but but there's been a push and there's been a continuous push and we've been in this legal fight now for for a few years for mm -hmm. a few years now and we were waiting for the federal decision it came in we're just hoping that you know the, the if nothing else people start saying you know there's there's actual groups that are their fundamental reason is that Muslims don't establish a place of worship or take up their cities or towns as they call it. Because when they do, they, they, they spread out and like wildfire and then they took over our town. And that's like a standard thing in Burbs. I know in my hometown, which is not in Michigan, this isn't regarding places of worship, but so like the city of St. Louis has a, a train system and they want to move it into the burbs and people in the burbs fight it because it's like don't bring don't bring that riffraff here don't yes. we don't have that in our community and that's that's a real thing and i know that one thing we had talked about was like the reason why ramadan isn't talked about in a lot of places schools businesses whatever and you think about what is talked about and celebrated in those places it's things that have long been like basically like your waspy stuff. <laughs> so like things that historically were celebrated by like white Christian men. Mm -hmm. I was going to say historically going back onto how our country was built on white supremacy. And, you know, we talk about that every single week because that, you know, <laughs> the, fuel, the fuels the fire for our conversations that we have in the space, right. right? Something you said that stuck out to me, Tamkeen, was individuals assuming that everyone who is Muslim is Middle Eastern, like, and just trying to 
it just infuriates me, <laughs> right? Right, because it's not a race or ethnicity. Right. <laughs> and I think people Absolutely. think that being Muslim is a race or ethnicity when it's not. Right. Um, and grouping everyone into those boxes because we like to put labels on people because that's what right. we do, right? And I hate, I hate that so much, but. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, so much living in this city, particularly, yeah. I think, and mm -hmm. anyone who lives in this city, particularly, I think they can see that there are so many faces to what a Muslim looks like. And, mm -hmm. and like, for example, even if you think of a Muslim woman, there's one who might look like me, but then there's one who might be even more covered than I am. You know, mm -hmm. if you go to places in like in Hamtramck, particularly is coming to mind, but there's also other places and pockets around our city where their women are covered even more so than I am. And then there's also places that a woman does not wear a hijab. I know there's even in our Detroit mom team that we're, we're Muslims. And if we put, you know, all of us in a group, we're all different types, you know, coming from all different backgrounds, you know, different places in our own faith. I think people forget that we are imperfectly human, but that makes us perfectly human. So we are sometimes imperfect in the way that we follow our faith. And that doesn't mean that some, that I'm not imperfect in my own way, in the way that I am, in the way I follow. And, st and so I remember having this conversation with the school principal. And, he's, and I had told him about all the things we follow and we don't follow. And I said to him, I said, my faith, there's people who follow it in all different ways. Because he was saying to me, the example, oh, they don't do that. How come you do? Or you don't do that. How come they do? Type of question to me. And I said, we're all in our journey, in our path, in our faith. And some of us are holding on to some of those rules and laws and, and, and observances as much as we can. I'm not in anyone else's journey, but in my journey, I am trying to put, bring this importance and significance into my family's life. And so therefore, I ask you to support and respect my decision as a Muslim family trying to you know, live a certain way. So he said that. He said, yeah, as a Christian man, I can understand that too, because you know I'm not perfect in my faith either, but there are certain things I like to bring into my life. So we had a very nice conversation, but I remember it stands out for me. Because we have to see the humanness in each other, right? That, that if just because I'm doing this, so people always say, well, how come she doesn't wear a hijab and you wear a hijab? And I said, it's her journey with God. This is my journey with God. And, you know, and, and Muslims believe that, that we all are going to be answerable for our deeds on the day of judgment in front of God. And so we, I, I live, try to live my life as best as I can. May God help me. But I try to be authentic and real because I know that my, my journey is not even the same as my daughter's journey. It's not even the same as my husband's journey. It's my own. And we need to see that as a human, as a human journey, that we are all going through this together, collectively, and yet individually in the way that we understand. Tumkeen, you had, I tried to write it down before I lost it. You know how you, I always just want to write down everything you say. I just need to describe you. <laughs> that we are imperfectly human, which makes us perfectly human. I'm slain by that. <laughs> I learned, I actually am going to send it back to my coach because I have a coach who, who, who says that and reminds me of that all the time. She is, she's from the UK. Her name is like, anyone who follows me knows that I post her stuff all the time. But she always reminds me of that. Whenever I'm like, but I can't do it. And she's like, I'm saying, you want to do it how? I'm like, I want to do it perfectly. She's like, child, you ain't going to do it no perfectly. I'm curious, Crystal, in your community, what's the experience? Like, do you see, I don't know where you live, but do you see, <laughs> is Ramadan? Out there I don't see it as much, but not to say, I don't, I think that, you know, it just, it's not brought up. However, our, and that's the other thing is like, people are so, I think, guarded that we don't know. I'm a, I could assume that the principal at my daughter's school is Muslim because she does wear the, the hijab. I could, I'm assuming she is, but I don't know. 
because I know she still celebrates Christmas and Halloween, you know, all, everything. She tries to celebrate everything, which is awesome. So I think if you bring something up to her, she would be willing. Because I know sometimes my daughter will come home and about certain things. And I'm like, oh, did you, you know, did you guys talk about that today? And I know she in particular and the principal before her who got, had gotten promoted to, you know, more overall school level, like that was their thing is the inclusion of everybody. So she gets real excited about learning about Muslims, about Jewish people, and she's, we're Catholic, right? And even in the Philippines, as Tumkin said, you know, there's Muslims there. There's, <laughs> there could even be Jewish people there. Like it's not, a lot of these things are real. It's that people, you know, and you've seen that too. People are like, wasn't Sammy Davis Jr. Jewish? And it's like very clear, like it's not, those are two different things at this point. Yes, most people from, you know, that are Jewish live in, you know, in Israel, right? But that's not always the case. Like I know someone that was from, man, where was she from? She's Jewish, but she thinks she actually was Middle Eastern, but she actually, you know, it's, I think it's just what you gravitate towards too. And Tumkin, you said it, like it's everybody's journey and my daughter is just learning her journey being Catholic got real excited about Lent like me trying to explain to her it's that same you know it's not quite we don't fast the way <laughs> that Muslims fast but there is an aspect about you know especially on the specific days where it's like on Fridays you're not supposed to eat meat and then there's the aspect about Ash Wednesday and Good Friday it's more of fasting that whole day. And like she gets real just learning about all that stuff. And you've got, I think, I think what they try to do in our community is to, I'm, I'd have to check with her because, you know, as because I'm, I'm on the PTO and you think I would learn about all these things, but I learn more about what she tells me, which I tell her, like, you got to just like don't hold anything back like if something bothers you or someone says something like you tell me you know but I don't think she's ever I don't think she's ever seen people getting you know turned away from sharing about their you know their different religions right right but I thought say you know it would be interesting because again I'm assuming that our principal is Muslim but I have never actually been able to have that conversation with her mm -hmm. to find out more it's interesting, you know, there's one thing people don't realize that may, most major religions do have some type of fasting that's, that's part of their religion, and it may look like different ways for different people. But it's so funny because we all have some connecting factors there. We just, you know, it just comes in a different way or it just, it just looks differently for everyone else. So it, it all goes back to how we're so much alike anyways, but, but we just, you know, choose to see the differences in each other. And if you're choosing to see the difference, you celebrate it, that's amazing. But if you're seeing it to knock it off, of, you know, knock them off of your table or to, to, to not incorporate them, that's when, you, when you're, you know, you're being deliberate in your, your lack of inclusivity or whatever word you want to call it, or being ignorant, really. And I think too, and I think we might've talked about this in our chat, but like there's ways for folks to learn about an observance without celebrating. So, right. Right. you know, like I learned about, <laughs> into the entire internet right now which i guess you're used to we have an instagram show like there's i learned about islam in the first place in my church youth group so like obviously they weren't teaching us it to celebrate just hey have some some knowledge of another 
of another culture, of another thing. Yes, I will put it in my ear, I'm sorry. Um, so there's ways to, like the kids could learn about Ramadan without celebrating Ramadan. For folk, and I say for folks that might, yeah, because you want your child not to offer them a drink, right? Like, for example, you can't, like, if you're, if you're sitting beside a Muslim friend, you know, nice thing would be, consider it would be not to offer them the snack or the drink or the, or the some or food or understand why they're sitting next to you or why they're falling asleep or they might look in the morning and they look like really crabbies and you're just like, okay, give them the space. You know, they just had a long night or a long morning. So I think educating for the sake uh, for the sake of being tolerant with each other and to be respectful of each other is a great place, you know. And and, yeah. and why not bring that in? And same thing here. Like I mean, if I if I say something and it's offensive to another religion, how am I supposed to know if I don't educate myself to know that those are some things that you that you shouldn't? For example, if someone is Hindu, and if I'm going to offer them meat, red meat of some kind, and I'm going to say to them that you know here here have beef or something like that, and you know that they they don't eat that, and it's my job to not do that, not. And not blame it. Oh, I didn't know, but you can know if you, especially, are if you're in those circles that that are there to be inclusive of that. So I think that a global environment of inclusivity and education certainly helps us to build children in communities where they're going to learn to be tolerant of everyone, and then they'll teach others. Like, oh, mom, you can't say that. That's offensive to her. You can't say, for example, to a Muslim girl, "Can I see your hair?" or "What does your hair look like?" or something like that. So the kids educate them, and they're like, "Mom, you can't say that. That's going to hurt her feelings or something." So you know that we sometimes can get educated by our children if we if we allow them to to learn about it at schools. I see Sarah shares a point here that she really loves your point about being one being one's personal journey with God. She says, "As a person whose journey is without God, I still love to learn about other religious practices and being able to respect and hold spaces for them." I can really relate with you on that, Sarah, because I am not religious in an organized religion, and my family isn't. But I'm not gonna like let my kids not experience or like look into what they'd be interested in or hold them from that. Like I'm a spiritual person and I meditate and, and things like that, but, but I want to hold space for all of my friends to understand all the different facets, you know, and be able to respect your space when I'm in it. Mm -hmm. That's why I really love learning about this. And I just feel like that's something that the, like kids don't, people, humans don't learn that by accident. They don't mm -hmm. learn there are people other than themselves, or at least in a lot of communities, they can't learn that by accident. You have to teach them that if you're in a space that is homogenous looking or homogenous in by religion or like anytime people are all the same of something, like it's gonna take some explicit instruction for them to get beyond that. Right. And if you don't, you end up with grownups that have never, have never learned those things. Just, we were just coming off a spring break and I was having a conversation with my husband that, I mean, and I don't know if you can relate to this, Kanisha, or actually any of you, but, you know, people asking me like, oh wait, you, you can tan? You can sunburn? I've gotten sunburned. And I feel like every year I have to tell people like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, you can, and yes, yeah. but you can get sunburned. And <laughs> less annoying, the annoying thing is not that they, are asking me the annoying thing is that like you've reached adulthood and still don't know that so, mm -hmm. like and it's only because like that means you have not been around enough people of color mm -hmm. to have learned this yet in in your journey and if you're 60 some years old and still don't know that like oh you have had a really white circle yeah. 
<laughs> I've got peely sunburn, like skin peeling, like, you know, we're <laughs> it's like, like people that say not even water it's like a thing right in muslim communities like yes not even water right um because people will always say oh you're fasting like and they're like yeah not even water so like my kids even know they're like yeah mom not even water so we actually have t-shirts are like yeah not even water it's ramadan not even water so we have that. It's, a meme. it's like a it's a hashtag and it's kind of funny because in the muslim community we all we all know that we've all been asked that question not even water so like you know I was thinking that, but I was like, would that be appropriate, like, to say, I want to drink this essay? <laughs> I know, I keep accidentally, and then I'm like, I need to apologize to Tom Keen. I keep taking my <laughs> drink, and then I'm like, I'm no, like no, no, no. is that okay? Yes, yeah, that's fine. I'm like, I want to ask you first, but I'm like, no, you no, know, because I don't talk a lot until I start, well, until you ask me questions, and then I'll start talking, but... So I like constantly need to have something because I'm like, no, it's I'm not talking all day. It's never like my kids say, mom, it's never, it's not the problem when it's around us. It's the problem. It's, it's like when you ask that, like if you tell me, like, for example, it'll be like, oh, you look like you're dry. You're, you're getting a little dry throat. You want a sip of water? I'm like, actually, I can't type of thing. So then, you know, a friend, and so I was going to say to Erica too, when people ask us questions, right? I think people sometimes are confused as to what they can ask or without them feeling like, you know, if I ask this, is it going to be offensive? Or if I, if I don't ask, this is it wrong, right? And we're always that fine line of, of how do we ask things without someone feeling hurt by it? Or like, or what do we say without feeling like we're offending someone? So I think that like Crystal, like we know each other now for a few years. And so we're comfortable with each other. And so I think these spaces, because we are, and we know each other, that we're comfortable to ask those questions with each other. But if people keep their circle and really tight and they don't meet, meet people that are different or make friends with people who are different from them, then you never build that comfort. And then you're out there squirming going, okay, well, they're always get offended about everything. So I don't want to ask anything anymore. I don't want to say anything anymore. But I think the, the 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 intention should be to to broaden your circle instead of closing in on it, and so that you get to learn from each other as friends. And isn't every week I feel like broaden your circle? Yeah, that that, that should be like our motto. We need to have a little uh, hashtag on that, right? Oh, t-shirts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So who in the community makes the shirts? Because we got gold here. Look at my press right here, right? What's on it, right? <laughs> But like so it's uncomfortable in life to talk about or to learn about is because we haven't brought in our circles. It like solves the problems. I know we have to wrap up soon. So I want to like be mindful of that. I guess not to, not to like no pressure, but Tumkeen, if there had to be like, what do you want to make sure someone walks away with? Even though we've talked about like a million wonderful things. Yeah. That Ramadan is an incredibly spiritual and important month for Muslims. And we, in our own individual journey with God, we are trying our best to be patient, to be observant, and to follow it. What could help as people, as friends of Muslims, would be to be respectful of the decision that we make um, throughout our life, but also particularly in this month. Celebrate with us in the moments that you can. Open your fast with us if you can. Walk into a mosque, learn how we do it and what we do in order to broaden that knowledge and understanding. And if there's hesitance in knowing, um, then then pick up a book, find yourself, you know, befriend a Muslim and learn a little bit more about something that you don't know. And at, at the end of the day, realize that that we are celebrating something that is very important to us and just be respectful of that all the way around. And if you don't see it around you, please ask the questions, why your library, why your school, why your circles don't include Ramadan in their celebrations. 
be an ally. Much. I love that. Oh, Crystal's um, done. I've learned so much today. I am, I, I am the host now, so I can stop. <laughs> okay. Does anyone have anything else that they wanted to add on or end on? I was on? going to say, Tumkeen, I know you mentioned that you have some books. Could you put those in the comments? I think some people. Yeah. Yes, I will. I will share those in the comments. And I added one that I, like a children's book that I have at school. I put that in the comments too, so. Sure. And anyone I wants to um, ask me something in private or please DM me or I, if you want to in this, in the, in the chat section of this video, then please feel free to and what I can get to, I'll try to, or anyone else from our Detroit mom team will help you guys out. So then I guess I would just add Ramadan Mubarak to everyone in our community that's watching. Yeah, um, yeah I hope, I hope it's a wonderful black month for everybody. Thank you. Appreciate that. And it's I so thank awesome you for holding space for me today, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank, thank you so you. much. <laughs> All right. Okay. So we'll see everybody in two weeks. Yes. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Bye. Bye.